0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. I would like to preach on the thought of a message using Mark chapter 5 and verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment... I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, the red, the white, and the blue. The red, the white, and the blue. And there's something about colors. Why aren't there any elephant boxing matches? Well, it's tough to tell who's who because they both have gray trunks. I kept dreaming that my eyes can change color. So I asked the doctor and he said, it's just a pigment of my imagination. (laughs) So my brother, he ate a lot of food coloring and I said, what does it feel like? He said, well, I felt like, he said he felt like he died inside. (laughs) We're looking at three different colors, the red, the white and the blue. And yes, they're the colors of our flag. The meanings, when our flag was made, uh, there were no meanings associated with the colors. Now hold on, I know there are now. So that was at the time of independence. In 1782, we had something called the Great Seal of the United States. And it's what goes on our official documents. And in that seal, there's kind of a representation of the flag in that seal. And so the meanings of the colors of the flag were uh, enumerated there. I didn't know this, I just found this out. White signifies purity and innocence. Red, hardiness and valor. And blue, the color of the chief, which means the president, signifies vigilance, perseverance, and justice. There are meanings to colors. And that's what I wanna bring out a little bit in this message. Now, not everyone here grew up, perhaps, understanding Western meanings. So for example, the color red. The color red can mean something in America that means something different overseas. Did you know that? So in America, what does red mean? Love, passion, danger. In Eastern and Asian cultures, I used to live in Hong Kong and they had Chinese New Year and they had these little red envelopes that they would put money in. And uh, they called, like, I forget the name of it. And you'd find them on the ground, like old lotto tickets, right? That had been, I guess, losers. So I'd be picking them up in Hong Kong and seeing if there, there's, I never found any money. But because they would take the money out and just throw the car on the ground, and I would be searching for some money, never found it. But red in Asian countries is associated with luck, long life, and happiness. And whereas in America, brides get married in generally, right? White. Well, in Asia, they get married in red dresses to ensure a happy marriage. In India, it specifically brings to mind purity, love, beauty, wealth, and power. In the Middle East, the same color means danger and caution. In Latin America, red means passion, but it can also symbolize Christianity if you wear it with white. So what I'm saying is that in different countries, things mean different things. Colors mean different things. In South Africa, red means sacrifice and mourning. And specifically, these colors of the flag. And you say, well, preacher, the flag doesn't really have any meaning for you. Well, you know what? I grew up overseas. And I also served in the military. And the flag has meaning for me. And I have to compete with their work outside, to which I am happy to do. Say, well, the Bible says fight the good fight, right? It doesn't say come to church and sit down and everything's just going to go your way. Someone asked me, are things going your way? And I said, no, but I'm going God's way. You know, things don't have to go our way. I need to go God's way. And I'm perfectly content to do that. So we find that uh, growing up overseas, you learn who lives their life without the freedoms that we have in America. They live under violence and they live under threat of oppression. Today, you didn't check with the government. You watched what you wanted to watch. You read what you wanted to read. You ate what you wanted to eat and you went where you wanted to go. Really? I was listening to a podcast and a young man grew up in Malaysia. He went to an international school, not an American school, an international school And 9-11 happened, and since Malaysia is a Muslim country, they began getting threats at the school. And so this young man was American. This is a true story. One day he goes to school, and there's like a soldier there, you know, standing at the school. He had the American flag patch on, and uh, one of his friends was Canadian, said, Hey, that's a Marine! And the young kid who was American, he'd grown up overseas. He, he's like, I know the army and I know the navy, but I don't know what a marine is. So he walked up to him and he goes, like, "Hey, you're a marine. Why are you here in Malaysia?" And the marine, you gotta know marines, right? He had a dip in. Did you dip? No. Even girls dip in the marines. I'm saying that. I'm not saying that. I mean, it's a thing. And they dipped Copenhagen, which looks and smells like it should be flushed. Okay, but but so that the Marine looked at the American kid, said, You American kid? He had the dip in. And he said, Yes, sir. And he said, I'm here for you. And uh, he said, he said, I began to realize, he said, What is this? That they were they were there to protect the Americans from attack over in Malaysia. And he's like They cared about me and didn't even know who I was. He said, I went and got, he said, I got my grandma to send me all kinds of American flag stuff. And I began to wear it everywhere and even got rebuked by the teacher for it. Because didn't you get the memo? But he began to begin to share about how it made an impact on him. You see, colors, they don't mean anything until they're given meaning. And he was shown that he was cared about. Brethren, that's what I want to talk about, the meaning of three different colors. The first one is the red. And you might think, well, preacher, I'm talking about blood because the blood of Jesus cleanses us. No, that's not actually what I'm going to talk about. There are different meanings for colors. For different people for red i would like to talk about the significance of stopping do you see that light out there is it called a go light there's three colors on it right is it called a caution light no it's three colors well it's not fair what is it called a stop light right it's like this man he was uh, in new york city and he was in a cab and the light was green and the cabbie just tore through the light. And he's like, What are you doing? He's like, ah, I'm in i New York. Just be be, be you're alright, I'm in New York. Just 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 sit sit back. So they come up to another green light and the cabbie just flies through it. He's like, What are you doing? Like, How oh, we do it in the city. And uh so comes through the next light, he comes up to the Did I say it was a green light you went through? Yeah. Let's try that again. It was a red light, and he just went on through it. Happened again. And this guy is, you know, gripping the sides of the cab. And then he comes up, and the light's green. He's like, oh, finally. And the cabbie comes up to the light and just hits the brakes. And the tourist is like, I got to ask. Okay, She just blew through two red lights. You stopped at a green light. What's your problem? He said, I got three brothers that are cab drivers. <laughs> you know that there's a red means to stop and that's what this woman the bible said that she had an issue of blood that means that it was a it was a a sensitive issue that women face once a month right but hers didn't stop she kept bleeding and it said that it happened for how long 12 years but really before she was healed it hadn't happened for 12 years it had happened for going on 12 years. But there was no stopping. You know that if you're facing something, we read in the Bible that it stopped. But according to her, she didn't know when it was going to stop. And there's a lot of times people, they're facing things in their life. They don't know when it's going to stop. They, they're, they're, uh, they've spent all their money emotionally. They've spent all maybe their physical money. They've tried to go to counseling. And they've watched stuff on the internet. They've, they've, they've searched Google. Have you ever asked Siri what the meaning of life is? I remember when Siri was like new. I mean, I don't know, she's just a voice, right? Someone reads the voice. It's not It's not an intelligence, right? But so I asked Siri something like that. What's the meaning of life? I was, I was in the marble shop. So I, was, I don't know if I even had Siri. I probably used Chad's phone, I'm mean, another guy's phone, but there was no answer. I don't, sometimes she's snarky. She has some snarky answers that are thrown in there. But you know what? There's a lot of things that the internet cannot help you with. And uh, she she went and tried. And there were uh, the forms of medical care back then. They were sketchy. Okay? I know nowadays when uh, it's illegal in the States, you know what people do? Mexico! So, a preacher, some of that works. Yeah. Some of it does. And some of it doesn't. (laughs) But you know what? People, they try different things because they want to get better. And she wanted to get better. But she could Not stop. Have you ever tried to stop something? You ever tried to stop complaining? I read about that, and I'm like, I'm going to stop complaining. You know how long that took before I messed up? My wife's laughing. And I I realized, I heard my daughter say something. She goes, oh, come on! And I was like, that's from me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when she was like one, you know, parents, you influence what your kids say. This is from the Marines, but people on, in cars, they would be driving on, in an unsafe manner, and I'd say, easy killer, easy killer, just when I'm driving. And my daughter's in the car seat in the back, right? So we're driving one day, she goes, easy killer, and I'm like, oh, I got to stop. <laughs> it's just what you say in the Marines, okay, easy killer. But if you ever tried to stop something, maybe you tried to stop cursing. You tried to stop sinning. You know, we do things for a reason, but she couldn't stop that issue of blood. You know, that I'm not saying that it's easy. I tried to stop cursing when I was in the Marines. I could not stop. Even after I got saved, I could not stop until I brought the matter to Jesus. I couldn't stop. You know, it's interesting that in the Bible, there were sacrifices for sin every year on the Day of Atonement. And they would sacrifice bulls, the Jews would. They would sacrifice uh, calves. They would sacrifice lambs. They had all kinds of sacrifices, but they continually happened every year. And I talked to someone and uh, I said, how many, how many of each animal went on the ark? And maybe you've, you know, sang the little song. The animals went in two by two. That's not true though. preacher. But if we read the Bible, we find out that Noah was instructed to take the clean beast by pairs of sevens. Did you ever read that? No, 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 no. preacher. Yeah, two by two for the ones that weren't ceremonially clean. But there was a distinction. Say, why would you have to take the animals by sevens? Because on the other side of the flood, Noah offered a sacrifice because you see that blood atonement for the sacrifice was already an institution by god but it happened over and over again because it was symbolic the blood continued to flow the sacrifices continued to flow there was no stopping the sacrifice until jesus came you see what jesus came to do in your life and in my life now uh, as far as cursing my daughters never heard me curse because god helped me to stop cursing I don't know, 30 years ago or something like that. I remember I used to work construction and there was a guy that worked with me trying to catch my every word. And he goes, what'd you say? What'd you say? And, I, and I'd repeat what I said. And he goes, ha ha, I thought you said, you know, something else. And I told him if it's not in there, it's not going to slip out. Because when I stopped cursing, it just, God took it out of my heart. I don't know how he did it. Brethren, I don't know how God does what he does. But I'm gonna tell you that red means to stop. And the gospel, you know, the stoplight has no power to make you stop. It's just a sign of authority, right? Now, if you don't stop, there could be someone with their picture-taking machine. Oh, in fact, I was going to work one day and there was an accident, so I'm gonna be smart and I'm gonna go off the freeway and I'm gonna go up another road, Lane Avenue. But of course, everyone else was doing the same thing. (laughs) It didn't help that I was already kind of like right on time. So now at Lane in Normandy, they had a little camera there. So if you went past the light when it was red, they would take a picture. And I remember I went into the intersection, okay, And the the traffic was so backed up there that I just got stuck in the intersection. Click. And I was late too, (laughs) I wasn't even on time. And they sent me a bill for like a hundred, I don't know how much it was, hundred and some dollars for running a red light. You see, God can't stop us from sinning. God can say, you can't do this, but we can do whatever you want. But brethren, just like in the world, sin demands a payment. We begin to go into debt, not with the government. So what would you do with that ticket, preacher? I paid them. <laughs> That's what I did. There's one brother, he's like, I'm going to do this and I'm not, gonna. that's not constitutional. I just paid it. Okay. I, I, I shouldn't have run the red light. Okay. But you know, you do what you want to do. I'm not saying that it's constitutional. I'm not, I don't believe it is, but I just, I just paid it. So I got other, I got other things to do. So I told my wife, we're not going to eat that week. <laughs> but you see, there had to be a stop for sin. Because when sin started out in the world, it began to be a payment. You see, sin is a transgression against God. And when we sin, so a preacher, everybody's doing it. I know everybody's doing it, but uh, well, not everybody's doing it. A lot of people are doing it, but you know, it doesn't make it right. And it, it, you don't see it. Have you ever swiped your credit card? I didn't feel bad, I felt good. Have you ever swiped a credit card? There's like an emotional, oh, it feels good. But do you know that when you swipe, I can look on my phone. Immediately when you swipe that credit card, ta-ching, oh, they got you. Pending, right? And they've got like either $1 to hold it or the actual whole thing. It comes onto your account. You know that? Have you ever done that before? How about a debit card? I see. My wife's like, I forgot how much you spent. I can check because we got the same debit card. Oh, is this, this much? Woo. We were buying uniforms for our daughter's school and I'm like, ho, oh. ho. What is this? We should pay in gold bars, right? (laughs) But as soon as she paid, it hit the debit card, right? But you see, Jesus came when he died on the cross to stop the power of sin. That's the red. To stop the power of sin. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, I'll read it. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, one time, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see, when Jesus came, he came to be the last sacrifice. We have altars here, but we don't put animals on them. We don't sacrifice them. The last blood that was shed was Jesus' blood on the cross. He came to stop the sacrifices. He came to stop the bloodshed. And brethren, I don't believe he came to stop sin, he came to stop the bloodshed in our nation. He came to stop the bloodshed across foreign wars. And you know that I'm thankful for our military. But brethren, if we really do want to get along, we'll love our neighbor as ourselves. It's going to be because Jesus comes into the lives and hearts of men and women. And they will be loved people that even though they're different. You know that I love, I love my neighbors. My neighbors are all different. If you look at my neighbors, we're just like from everywhere. <laughs> and we're all jammed in together. But you know what? We get along because I found out people might not be the same culture as me, but a lot of them speak espresso. Espresso? Yeah, we just go and offer coffees to people, and they look at us like we're weird. Like, what do you want? We don't want anything. We just want to be a blessing. In fact, I don't know. We have cups scattered. up. We buy cups to give away because they don't come back. You know, like, oh, I'll bring this back. Not all the time. And then, you know. Sometimes a dish comes back or something like six months later. You know what? It's a blessing to give because we want to show people we care about them. It's not about what you can give to us. You know with Jesus, God doesn't want your stuff. God wants to give you joy. He wants to stop the power of sin in your life. The Bible said, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but you're under grace. Wouldn't that be something if you could quit, if you could stop? You know what, stop and complaining, Sister Bigelow. I should, I should get a stack of one dollar bills and every time I complain, I have to give her a dollar. We'll do that this week. We'll do that this week. And same with my daughter. I'm gonna give her like 20 bucks and if she complains, she has to give it maybe to me because she has to pay me back because I might be losing something. But you know what, if you want, we do things for a reason, right? Because when you complain, it try to, it helps you, right? It, it's, but you know what? Say, so preacher, what do I replace that with? You do have to replace it with something. I'm going to give you an idea. It says in everything, give thanks. That's in Thessalonians. How about in Ephesians? Giving thanks always for all thanks what preacher even when the even when i get stopped at the red light if i was lifting my hands at the red light i would have been late but i would have been a lot wealthier if i didn't run that light right and i probably wasn't praising god in my car when i got the picture taken okay but that when god gives us the white what is that it's an idea the bible said that she had this issue of blood but she heard of jesus you know, but I think that people, they say, well, preacher, this church is all over. I know this church is all over, but people need to hear about what Jesus can do, that Jesus is a savior, that Jesus is a healer. There was a street preacher just down the, down the street on Blanding and Kingsley, and uh, he's a guy with a sign, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I don't know if you've seen him. He's all around Jacksonville and Orange Park, and he stands up with the bullhorn, and he preaches the gospel. And he said, you know, we're all in this world, and one of these days we're going to die, and you ha- we're all going to die. And he said, maybe you don't think about that, but every one of us is going to die, and we have to do something with our sin. He said, either you have to make it right with Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven, or if you don't make it right with Jesus, you'll spend eternity in hell. And he was preaching the gospel, and I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling my window down going, preach it Because he's exactly right. That we are running around and saying, preacher, where are you going? Well, they might say, well, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going here. I know, but where are you really going? And you know, that's what the gospel, it's that white, you know, the white is like that. You've ever seen that light bulb? Bing! It's like, wait a second. I am headed Towards a Christless eternity. And the Bible, when we preach the gospel, it's good news if it gets there on time. But you know, that gospel message, I remember when I first heard it, I realized I am not going to heaven. And I was not feeling good. I was a nice guy. I could say ma'am. I could say sir. But there was sin in my life. And I had this huge debt. And you know that uh, when that sin, if you, if you sin. and you hear something about God especially, and the Holy Ghost begins to convict you of that sin, you can like, uh, I I see people as a preacher, they react differently. Some people try to like kind of look around, some people openly weep, some people try to laugh, and some people just kind of try to look all nonchalant, but God's beginning to deal with your heart. You've got to do something with that sin. The Bible said when she heard of Jesus, you see, because Jesus is a solution, he's not the condemnation. Isn't it something that you know what Jesus did? He took our sins. Isn't that something? You know, you say, Well, preacher, shouldn't Jesus have judged us? No, he was he took the judgment upon himself. It's like that little boy that was he was allergic to bee stings and there was a bee flying around. Now when there's a bug around, you think it's a national emergency at my house. My wife's like, Honey, honey, come here, come here. What what is it? Or my daughter is like, it's a bee, and she thinks it's a kamikaze. Like, ah! She's running around because it's like they're outside in their habitat. That's what they do. He so said, don't bother it. But this little boy is allergic to bees, and, and it was buzzing around. And the father caught it in his hand and then opened his hand up and let it go. And the boy, he said, Daddy, why'd you let it go? It's going to sting me. It's going to sting me. And he opened up his hand, and he showed his, his little son his hand. And the stinger, you see bees can only sting you one time and they leave that stinger. It actually is fatal when the bee stings you because it rips out like their abdomen. And the stinger was in the Father's hand. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the sting of death and the sting of sin. He took it so he didn't have to take it. That's the gospel news that I don't have to pay for my sins. Jesus said, I'll pay for you. All you have to do is accept my sacrifice. That's the gospel idea. That's why Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, for it is the power of God, the gospel is the power of God, and you say, "Oh, preacher, but do you want to change your life?" I used to watch those shows with the makeovers. You ever watch those shows where they they didn't do it with guys so much as they did it with ladies? And it's like before and who's this? You know, when I was at Kinko's like 20 years ago, no offense to this lady, but I walked by and there she was like photo photocopying or something this picture. You know those glamour shots, and I looked at the lady. And I just kind of looked at her shot, and I'm like, no way, that's the same person. No way, that's the same person. And I could say more, but, you know, someone might get mad at me. But it was just, no way. You know, like some ladies that try to, like, look skinnier, they turn their head to the side, you know, take up all those wrinkles and everything. It was like that glamour shot, and I'm looking at the lady, and I'm like, oh, she must have turned her head to the side there. But you know what? God can do something like no exterior makeover because he works on the inside. He works on the inside. He stops the power of sin in our life. He stops that power. You know, I believe I can stop complaining. It's not because I give a dollar to my wife. although well, she'll appreciate every dollar. My daughter will not appreciate giving up. My daughter might quit complaining to hold on to that money. <laughs> but there's power in knowing that Jesus can make a change in your life. And there's power to know that there's meaning in the sacrifice of Jesus. You know why the flag means something? The flag means something to people who have been affected by the flag. And I know that it's been, uh, the nation has been uh, you know, struggling with some meaning and identity. But some years ago, maybe some of us don't remember this too much, but there was a war in Vietnam. And many men were taken prisoner, especially pilots were taken prisoner and they were not allowed to have a flag. Well, you know, Americans, we're plucky. We do what we want to do, right? Well, this one flyer, this is a true story. He had some bits of string, and he sewed a flag. Like he's, you know, just with, with little bits of string, the red, white, and blue. And the captors found it. They do room searches and beat that man. Beat him. You know, that, there was no uh, international uh, oversight in this prison, like the Hanoi Hilton. And this man was beaten and, uh, and, and hurt. And then the captors, they left. You know what he did? I remember listening to this or reading this. He went back and he found some more string and his eyes are all swollen. He's just been beaten. And he starts to sew Another flag. You know what I'm saying? When something gets in your heart, the devil can't take it out. You can face exterior persecutions. But Paul, he said, all the things that I have down here, the last color is the blue, is to win. He said, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I had suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. You see, when one thing the blue means, have you ever heard of the blue ribbon? That's first place, right? Blue means winning. And my wife and some others will teach children's church, and they'll ask the kids, Why did Jesus die for our sins? And they taught the kids this, so that we can win. You know what? Have you ever seen someone win? When your hands go up like this, this isn't something you teach in church. We all know this. Have you ever have you ever watched Mike Phelps? Mike Phelps, uh, he was a swimmer. He's retired now. When the, he got the record for the most golds and everything, you know, when they won, and sometimes they'd win by a fingernail, a fraction. The guys would be up there, and they're winning. No one assigned them the task. Okay, when you guys win, you jump up and down. You scream, and you just, you know, jog in place. Nobody did that. It's in our heart, right? When we win, you know, when your team wins, and the Jaguars, goodness, I used to make fun of the Jaguars. (laughs) Bonita. They were winning. They went, what, to the the playoffs? Or is it the first playoff game they lost? Man, they did awesome. Or is it the second, first? They almost went to the Super Bowl. And you know what? They may. And he said, well, preacher, I never thought I'd say this. They may. And when they do, there's going to be people jumping up and down in Jacksonville. There's going to be people raising their hands. Why? Because God made us to be winners. Not just to support a team or an athlete, but God made us to be winners in our lives. And he said, well, preacher, what does blue have to do with Jesus Christ? Well, the Jews would wear an exterior garment. It kind of looked like a quadrangle, right? They'd have a hole in the middle for their head. And it would come down kind of like a little rug, right? And you can read about this in the book of Numbers. And they would put it over, over them, and on each of the four corners. Now, if you go to the airports and you see uh, Hasidic Jews or or very conservative Jews, they'll still have a portion of that. They'll have these tassels, and they'll hang down at the borders of their garments. And when she said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, she was actually going to grab one of those tassels. But the book of Numbers says that within that tassel, they were supposed to put a ribbon of blue. And it was supposed to just be interwoven that they would remember to keep God's law. We know that Jesus Christ was the word of God. And when she touched that blue, she wasn't just touching the law of God. She was touching the very essence of the power of God. And the Bible said, when she touched him, for she said in her heart, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And she touched. And then that red came. And it said her blood stanched. Now... Brethren, I know that doctors can declare you whole, but you know when you're better. Have you ever been sick and you've been sick and you wake up one day and you're like, man, I feel good. I mean, you can go get the doctor to second the opinion, but man, she was healed just right there. And God can stop that. You know, God still heals our bodies too. And I know that God can heal from sin. If you have a need in your body, God heals bodies too. But she had that idea. That white is that... If I just get to Jesus, and you know that if you just get to Jesus, that your sins can be wiped out. If you just get to Jesus, God can make that stop have power. Say, preacher, I want to stop cursing, or I want to stop. Say, preacher, I'm a Christian, and I want to stop cursing. I was a Christian, and I still cursed. <laughs> I was a young Christian, and I still cursed. But, but you know what? God gave me the power to stop it. And that was like 30 years ago. It wasn't last week, okay? But you know what? God gave me the power. I still cursed as a Christian. But God gave me power. You know who the power is? Taking that to Jesus Christ. And he will give us that blue. He will give us the win. But with heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to God, everyone in here, God made you to win. God does not make losers. God, someone said this, but it's true. God doesn't make junk. You know, the devil might have told you you're from the Dollar Tree spiritually and, and he could throw you out and make another one. That's not what God says. He said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my soul knoweth right well that God made you as an individual. Your DNA makes a declaration of, of, of all of your characteristics. And yes, DNA determines gender, not our our opinion, okay? That God made you that way. And yes, I know people struggle with their gender. They struggle with sin. Brethren, but God can make you a winner in everything. Like he did with Joseph. And whatsoever came into his hand, God made it to prosper. Because Psalm 1 talks about that blessed man. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever she doeth shall prosper. Why? Because of the red, because they quit sinning. Because of the white, that idea, you know what, maybe I had to give this to God. You know, you read your Bible, you come to church, but, but I'm going to ask you to do something that, that's a little bit different, and that's to pray, and that's to ask the Lord for the red. So I'm going to quit that, preacher. I'm going to quit sin. Have you ever done that? That's what being a Christian is. Say, God, I'm going to quit sinning. And I know it's a declaration. We have to back it up. But the Bible says it's possible. That all things are possible to them that believe. And this woman said, I'm just going to get healed as soon as I touch Jesus. And as soon as she did, she was. Because God is that blue. He's your win. And Paul said that I may win Christ. You know, people won't remember us. I don't know much about George Washington's house, George Washington's horse, George Washington's gold, but I do know about his character. And brethren, that's what we're gonna leave here. I'm gonna leave a character of Christ that my daughter should see that people, oh yeah, Bigelow, he was different, but he's a Christian, he's one of those guys. And you know what? Today we all have that power to leave that legacy of being a Christian. Let me show them that I was blue, that I won Jesus, and they could rely on that. Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. You need something from the Lord. Why don't you come up and say, God, I need the red. God, I got the white, and I'm going to get the blue. I need the red. I got the white, and I'm going to get the blue. God made you to be a winner. God made you to overcome. We are overcomers in Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors in